Yo, this is Pastor Tito here. Welcome to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I am here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. In our current series we are doing called Known, we are looking at four unique crazy, amazing aspects of the nature and character of God. Because the more we get to know him, the more we know of ourselves. But also, here's the thing, the more we will know how to follow him. So let's go ahead and let's dive into our current topic as we are looking at getting to know God better so that we can know how to follow him and find life. Now, that God that we're singing about, the greatness of who he is, is, listen, this is an idea and it's a concept that requires more than a Sunday. And it's honestly going to require all of eternity to be able to truly grasp just the nature of who he is. And you know what? This is amazing that we never will fully. And in fact, let's be honest. If, if we are to know God, God should feel like this idea of knowing him should feel a little slippery if you think about it. Because the more you get to know God, the more you realize, well, I didn't know this God. Wow, like, oh my gosh, I thought I knew him and I didn't. And for if that would, be, I mean, let's be honest, if God was God, then he, to a certain extent, we ought to never be able to get to a point that we can figure him out. Because then he would just be limited to our imagination. But that's the awesomeness of God is God is not trying to play hide and go seek. And he's like, oh, you, you want to know me? No, oh, you thought you know me. And he's like dodging us. That's not God. But he is, there's just so much more for us to explore always. And that should lead us to be hungry, to continue to press in. And that's what we're doing with this series, right? We're talking about this. We're singing about this great God and this great king. And we've been looking at these three humongous, in fact, four humongous concepts of God's love and who he is that, again, we're just barely scratching the surface. We've been looking at knowing that God is all-knowing. God being all present, and today we're going to look at God being all powerful, and that's the series that we're doing is known, not only looking at how do we know God, but we're looking at the fact that, wow, God knows us. We are known by God. We are known, and God desires to be known. He wants us to be known, and so when we look at that one today, listen, God all powerful. That one's an interesting one. Now, what does that mean, though, that God is all-powerful? Well, he's told us in his word. In Jeremiah 23 and Jeremiah 32, 27, you know what God says? He has this very sarcastic question when he says, it's almost like if you ever had your mom say, um, uh, look at you, and like, um, are those shoes just going to put themselves away? You know, is, 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 that, uh, is that underwear just going to magically jump inside of the, uh, the basket, right? It's like a sarcastic question. Like, you know the answer to that already. You have to do something. Well, listen, God asks a very uh, great question. He says, is there anything too hard for me to do? In Jeremiah 20, 30, uh, 32, 27, is there anything too hard for me to do? Jesus would say this all the time. When he says, listen, for man, things are impossible. But God, all things are are possible. So to say that God is all powerful, meaning he has all power. And look at this. No, how does this feel? God is never frustrated. Do you know that God has never felt frustrated? Some of you guys have been frustrated like eight times already today. Right? Just be honest. Be real. Right? You burned your, you know, your coffee didn't taste good. Right? Uh, you, you, you woke up late or you did this or whatever. Right? There's so many things that frustrate us. 
right? And, and uh, like, I, I know what that's like. I mean, I was camping the other day. I almost hurt myself. I, no, I didn't. I almost I hurt myself because I was frustrated with the zipper because I couldn't open it up all the way. It kept on getting, like, stuck. You ever try to open and close a zipper and it catches itself, right, and gets stuck there? I hate that. And so I tried to open it. I was only able to open it, like, you know, yay space. And I couldn't get it to open up even more. So I'm like, man, forget this. I was so frustrated. I just tried to make my way through, and I was barefoot. And so my pinky do with all this power. Well, we're looking at Psalms 139. As we're studying Psalms 139, we're going to look at this shift that is happening now in the Psalms. We've been looking at the first section was looking at, man, God is all-knowing. He knows me. And then not only, wow, does he know me? God is always with me. And then now we go into this shift in the psalm where we go from God knowing David to David beginning to know God. And in that process, God reveals what he does, something amazing that he does with all of that power. And David is just blown away. And if we're listening, I believe we're going to be too. So let's look at, let's read the whole psalm, Psalm 139. We're going to read from verse 13 through 18. So we're going to have it on the screen for anybody here and online that doesn't have it. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Psalms 139, and let's read 13 through 18 together. David is saying, in response to God knowing him, just in response to God being always with him, he says this. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm going to praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depth of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All the days were written in your book. All of my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Oh God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, I am still with you. That's an amazing section, right? Um, there's so much in there. So, so what is David beginning to realize? What is God doing with all of this power? Well, did you see? David, out of all the things that God can do, David is realizing, wait a minute. You cared about me before I was even conceived. Think about that. You cared about me before I was even conceived. Like that was, that's blowing his mind that out of all the things God can do. Do you see that the word that he said? They said, you didn't just make me. You didn't just, and you know, speak like he did in Genesis. And he just, and then he made him, right? He didn't just do that. He didn't speak. And you were created in your mother's womb. No, it actually says that, no, you knit me together. Like out of this, I mean, God is a busy God, right? God is a busy guy. And he takes his time. If you've ever had to sew or knit anything, you know that that's, you got to do it just right. And when you look at, you know, when you look at the skin, when you look at our bodies, you see that everything is so interconnected. I mean, everything is just perfect in the way it is. And he's like, Hold on, like out of all the things, God, that you can do, you, you could just like, and just made me. But no, you, you, you slow down when you make us? Like you take that care, like the word knit actually is the same word that you would use in Hebrew for a craftsman. Somebody that is like an, an artist. 
When God makes you, when he made you, that's the care. He put love. It's like, you ever had somebody when they cook food, it's like, yo, what's different about this person when they cook? It's like, oh, I, I cook with love, right? You ever had that? Right? It's like they, they add love. They didn't just do the recipe. They put, they put love in it, right? That's God when he makes you, when he made you. He didn't just make you, man. He put love in it. And, and David is beginning to realize the thing that now we see that, which is this idea that we are all image bearers of God. David is telling us, like, whoa, like, you didn't do this with animals or with nature. When you look at the Genesis account, God says he spoke and it happened. But when he made Adam, he scooped up dirt. And he formed like, um, um, you know, someone with clay taking time doing it. See, the thing about humanity, guys, compared to all everything else, is that we bear the image of God. And, and, and it doesn't mean that we are God. It doesn't mean that we're little gods. It's not that at all. It just means that God has put his stamp of himself on us. And we are not special because God loves us. No, you know, well, God doesn't love us because we're special, okay? He doesn't owe us anything. God, the reason why we're special is because he loves us. All of our worth comes from him. He has put that on there. And so David is beginning to realize, like, I can't believe that this is what you do. With all of that power, you really are going to slow down. You could have cut corners, and, and, but you're, you don't. And now some of you may ask, well, hold on. If he knits us together, then how come some people are born with defects and some are not? How come this? How come that? Well, listen, the same way that God would allow someone to be born with a defect does not take away or diminish the fact that they are still image bearers of God, number one. But the reason, the same way that God would allow defects is the same reason why God allows difficulties in your life. It's not because God just can't. It's a consequence of what sin is. It's a consequence of what you and I do. And we need to be careful because God is doing more for you than you realize. If you complain, I'm like, man, where's God? Where's God? Well, when you get to heaven, you'll find out where he was this whole time. And for those of you that are believers in Christ, trust me, no wonder we didn't need all of eternity to thank him because he's going to deserve back praise. You feel me? Like when we go to heaven, we're going to realize, oh my gosh, like I, you, I owe you praise because of things that I didn't even know you were doing. Wow, I owe you this. And those are believers in Christ, that are not, man, I feel sorry for you. I really do. But listen, look at that, that we are all image bearers of God. David is beginning to realize this, and that should lead us to be pro-life. Now, time out. I know we're just, uh, I'm seeing some confused faces. I know we we're talking about power plants and stuff. We did pay the light bill. I know it's kind of fading, but it's okay, all right? So just in case, can you maybe slide that back up? So uh, <laughs> just in case, I just want to say, wait, he was talking about, wait, hold on, what's going on? Anyways, I'm just clarifying that. I, they're making adjustments for the video, so it's okay. Uh, anyways, I, I had to say that. Um, all right, the fact that we are, listen, the fact that we are all image bearers of God, you know what that should lead us to be and do? Is to be pro-life, and pro-life is more than what you just think I said. Because there's a lot of people, I even just saw it on Twitter today. There's a, I mean, it's, there's a lot of people, and there's a big attack on Christianity, it's a lot of attack on believers, and say, oh, you know, Christians, they only care about the baby before they're born. And then after, they don't care. They don't care. It's only that, because Christians are known as pro-life, and pro-life means the baby. But we see here that David recognizes, wait a minute, God does, like, this is not just a clump of cells. Like, this is a human being. Notice that he says, I was formless, and you saw me. Look at that, that before you were even conceived, there he was, he cared, and that shows that this, this tiny 
person that is a human being. That is a human being that deserves and ought to have a choice and an, uh, an option to live. But to be pro-life means to be, it's the whole life. It's the whole life. And that's funny. It was like, oh, you know, Christians don't care about the pro, you know, it's only that. Take away every single, take away every single, uh, you know, look at all the other uh, Christian things that are happening with adoptions and abor- uh, adoptions and uh, feeding the poor and take this away, take that away. Take away the Christian influence over the world. Tell me what it's going to look like. No. The church is. Now, can we do better? Of course. Who can't? But listen, we are pro And to be pro-life means that the, everybody, I don't care where you are, who you, do, you disagree with me or not, you still bear the image of God on your life. Now, sin might dirty that up. Sin might blur that image up. But it is still there. You deserve honor and love, compassion, because you are an image bearer of God. God loves you and God died for every one. And so David is beginning to realize, man, I, I, I can't believe who you are. I can't believe you've done this, that this is who you are. You cared before I was conceived. Even that last picture that he says in verse 16, when he says, all of my days were written in your book before they began. Think about that. Now, those of you, if you're a parent, you know, okay? And maybe if you're not a parent, you've had a puppy, you've had a, you know, you know. Right? So you all know to a certain extent, when you hold a life in your hand that has done nothing, Done nothing, and yet you still love. I went every time I held all three of my boys, they did nothing but just show up. Okay, they haven't done anything just but consume. Okay, consume air, consume food like that's all they've done. I mean, they didn't even themselves work their way out, their mom had to help. Right? I mean, they just were there and just okay, like they did nothing. They, they, when it comes to birth, they did nothing. My, you know, my wife was a champ. She did it all. She had to kick them out. That's pretty much, right? That's what you do. And it's not like it was impressive and they stuck the landing. No, you had to catch them, okay? Like, you had to catch them. Here they are doing nothing. And I held them and I'm like, I love you. If you're a parent, you know that. But if you're not, you know, if you have, you know, if you had a puppy or something like that, it's brand new. It's like, there's life there, right? And, you, you, and, and this is me not knowing the frustrations that this little boy is going to cause in my life, right? The, I, I love you not knowing the gray hairs. I, I mean, look, some of y'all need to be real because some of you, if you knew, you're like, can I put them back? Because uh, it, it, it is coming with a receipt. Can I return this one? Can, can we try this one again? Can we just like, do over? You know, some of you, I, you know you do that, right? You know you had done it. But think about that. We love with our limited knowledge, yet here God is holding David, knowing. When he says, my days were written in your book, meaning God knew everything that David was going to do in his life. Everything. I'm going to totally wreck somebody's paper here, so sorry. Imagine this, this God is holding David here. And he's like, I'm making you, I'm knitting you, I'm putting work in, bro, in you. And then he was like, wait a minute, this little boy, he's going to grow up, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and he's going to reject me, and he's going to sin against me, and he's going to do. You know what God doesn't do in the middle of knitting us together? Ah. He doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. And he knows what you, we would do. He knows all of the mistakes, and yet he says, yeah, but you are not a mistake. He looks at you knowing all the mistakes you will make, and he says, I love you. You are not a mistake. I made you. Look at that. That's amazing to see. That is God's thoughts. He never just like, oh, I'm just going to do this one over. Or look at this. He never, and when making us, he's like, you know what? This guy, 
I'm putting in work in this guy. I'm putting in work and this person's going to live his entire life and he's not going to appreciate what I've done and who I am. This person's going to grow up rejecting me and actively working against my will. He'll never believe in me and this person will spend an eternity in hell. Here, I have this, this individual over here. This person's going to know me. This person, despite some things, they're going to come to believe in me, and I'm going to spend an eternity in heaven. You know that God puts the same loving care in both. He didn't be like, oh, this person's not going to believe in me, so let me just uh, fast forward this guy, and let me just slow down over here. He didn't cut corners on one of you and not on the other. No, God actually shows no favoritism. Think of that, that God would put so much love in somebody that would cause so much harm. And cause so much pain and difficulties in the world. Yet he still loves. That says, that says a lot about us, but that says a lot about him. That he cares for us even before we were conceived. But look at David. It didn't stop there. David looks and look at verse 17 and 18. I'm going to read it if you want to put it up. He says, God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. He is, present tense, how vast the sum of your thoughts toward me still are. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Look at that, like the same loving and caring God that made him before he was born still loves him despite all of the things that he's done, despite all of those things. And remember, if we were looking back at the previous 12 verses, God, he's saying, man, God, you know me. You know my thoughts. You know my actions. You know my words. You know my routines. You know my habits. You know my real motivation. You go with me wherever in all things. You have seen me at my worst. And you know me. I am worse than I thought I was. And yet, the same God who carefully knit me together is still the same God who cares for me today. Look at that. That all of, all of David's mistakes did not disqualify and says, notice the vast, the sum, the vast number of your thoughts still are, meaning his, you know, the, whatever God started out with in regards to love had not diminished over time, had not diminished over the years. They still were. God still loved. In that last statement, he says, if I wake up, I am still with you. That last statement is amazing because he's saying, wait a minute, God. Not only, not only have you been this way, you have done so much for me that I can't even begin to realize. And you are still, you're doing all of this today. But when I go to sleep tonight, you're still going to be the same tomorrow? That's what he's saying. Like when I go to bed tonight and I go to sleep, I'm not going to go to bed and wake up and be like, oh my gosh, that, that was just a dream. God has changed now. God is different now. No, he says, when I stop, you don't stop. When I wake up tomorrow, you're still going to be the same that you were today, the same way that you were even before I was born. What kind of a God are you? I, I mean, he's just led in just bursting in praise of how great this God is. In fact, he says, I mean, you can kind of look at it right now. David is in awe. That God cared about him before David ever cared about God. You know that? David cannot believe that you cared so much about me before I ever dared to you know, care about you. I have been taking you for granted this whole time and yet you have not held one thing against me. How many, how many of us have done that? Right? When, when push comes to shove, we pull out the receipts. Him like, huh, let me tell you, you know, look what I was done. Like, I've been keeping score. Check this out. You are losing, by the way. I just, it's, it's bad. Like, we do that, right? We keep score. 
on what we've done versus what you have done for me. And all these things, I'm like, oh, see, you don't appreciate nothing, eh, whatever. And we do all that. We, that's us. And God, out of all people that could know the true score, God knows the score. And it's not even close. And yet, he still loves. He doesn't change. He cared for you before you ever dared begin to care for him. And he loves you before you even thought about loving him back. Again, think about the all-powerful nature of God. And you know what's something about that all-powerful nature, that God is all power and God is power, has power. Do you know what that also means? Not only is God never frustrated, God never loses it. I told you, like, I, I lost it with the tent. I, I, I did. I lost it. You and I lose it, and we do things, say things that are out of character, right? You, you, you know you've, you've lost it, right? You've lost your cool, and you said things, right? You lost your self-control. You did things. That means that shows we can't even control ourselves. How dare we think we can control somebody else? We can't even control ourselves, let alone people think that they control people. But God has so much power that he never loses it. He, is, he never does anything against his character and nature. That's how powerful he is, that even in his anger, he never sins. Even in all of his action, he never does wrong. Guys, I want you to know there's things God can't do. God can't lie. God can't sin. God can't change. Oh, those are good. That's good news for me. I'm glad he does it because that means all of his promises are true because he can't lie. All of his promises are true. The fact that he can't change is the same thing. It's good to know that is that constant thing in a world that is always changing. And so out of that, all, look at that, all the thing, the, all the power that God has, I want you to just take a moment and, and can we find ourselves in the same place that David was when he's looking at God, that out of all the things he can do, he chooses to still love me and you. That has to hit a little deeper. You need to let that sink a little bit more. Out of all the things God can do and ought to do and should do to you, he still chooses to love me and you. That is, that is the power and the extent of his love, that he still affects of sin and death. Meaning if Jesus can come back from death in Christ, we can come back from addiction. We can overcome this. We can overcome fear. There is nothing. There is nothing that we can, that he, his love, his power cannot overcome. If he can overcome sin and death, he, if we lean on that power, he can help us to overcome the effects of sin and death. Not only sin and death itself. Because God is still doing miracles. Because if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, I want you to know God didn't just forgive you. He resurrected you. You were dead. Now you're alive. You are a walking miracle. You are a walking miracle if you're a believer in Christ Jesus. He didn't just make like a Ravi and other people say. He didn't make bad people good. He makes dead people alive. That is that same power. And that should lead us to do what David did. To be able to praise this God. And to praise the fact that our God's power is greater than our problems. Our God's power is greater than our problems. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that power, you know, problems don't go away. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have an issue with your marriage or your kids or your finances or your this or your emotions or your mental state. It doesn't mean you're going to have that. But it's praising God to know that, yeah, I got, I got a problem, but my God is powerful. He's more, my God's power is greater than my problem. My God's power is greater than my problem. And it leads you to praise him 
Because this is not a power that he just lends you so you can play with it like a toy for your purposes. No, that power is him. Remember, he is power. It's him in you moving mountains in your soul and in your mind. That is this loving God that takes so much care that notice that not only did he knit you when you were born, but he is still knitting us all the knitting us together for all who are born again. He can do that. He can do that and knit us together, weaving things, moving, removing the clay, pruning our lives. That is the hand of God in our life. And God wants us, like David, David, I want you to become aware of who I am. And that includes being aware of my power in your life. And listen, Paul wanted the same thing. Let me read Ephesians to you. Look at look what Paul says. And guys, this is my prayer. I'm pretty sure David, David would love to know us to know too, to become so aware of God and who he is. Look what David, look what Paul, I'm sorry, yeah, look what Paul says to the church in Ephesians. He says in verse 18 and 19, this is his prayer, which is my prayer for all of us today. I pray, Paul is telling this church, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty work of his strength. Do you see what Paul is saying? It's like, man, I would just pray that you guys become more aware of the mightiness of God, of the mightiness of his hand, it would lead some of us to complain less and praise more, okay? Because when we're confronted with a problem, we are not left without hope. When we're confronted with a solution that we don't know the answer to, we are not, confronted, we are not left without an answer or a solution. And he is saying, man, I would just hope that you would understand the hope that you have in Jesus to know that in the end what he has done, who has become the future hope, our future hope in Christ, that all things, that he will make all things come together for our good that he will right every wrong in the future that future hope to know that Jesus has won gives us ought to impact our hope in how we live today it, 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 that hope should that hope for the future is hope for today knowing that things will get better that better days are and even if I don't get healed or even if this even if this doesn't uh, this prayer doesn't get answered my God is still great my God is still mighty because, again, he knows all things and can do all things. And so if certain things are happening a certain way and I've surrendered them to God, I trust in him. That is a hope that you and I have always that is greater than anything else. But I love even that, that thing. Do you notice what he said too? That I hope that you may understand the glorious inheritance of the saints, that it, God not only directly uses his power in us to us but he uses brothers and sisters in the faith he, he uses you to impact somebody's life this is why the church is important that we know i'm not just sitting with somebody next to me i'm not this is not just an attendee i'm not just watching online as a spectator no when you step into a community when you get to know the love of god that power that same power that's in me god will use me to indirectly use that same power to impact encourage you carry you all of those things and carry us together like the power of God is displayed in the church in a mighty way. That's why it is so important to not just attend, but to participate. That is important. But then that last one, oh my gosh, that you may just see the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. That's it. That's it. Who believe. 
who trust in God. He can move mountains in us and through us. There is no mountain too big for him to move in our lives. And the church is important, guys. I mean, look, you and I are nothing but a fire hydrant. Okay, you ever seen a fire hydrant? Those things, those things are uh, not flashy, right? A fire hydrant is just there, right? When there's a fire nearby, the fire hydrant doesn't activate and then start shooting the fire. What happens, right? The firefighters have to come. They got to do the work. The fire hydrant is just faithful, sitting there. It ain't pretty. And have you ever seen uh, the, the fire hydrant? You ever seen somebody run over a fire hydrant and seen the geyser that shoots? Or in some cities, like you see in New York and some, right? They pop the fire hydrant off and they start taking it, you know, pretty much uh, cooling off, right? right? And the, you've seen people do that. Or you've seen, man, when they connect, when the, when the firefighters connect their hoses to that, that source, it just shoots out this force of water. Do you know that the fire hydrant is not doing that? The fire hydrant is not forcing the water out. It's just connected to a powerful source. That's it. You and I are that fire hydrant. We are connected in Christ Jesus. We are connected to the source of all life. And that when there's a fire here or there, and when the world comes to the church, when the world comes to your life and they access you, they ought to access that love of God that puts out the fire in their families, that puts out the fire in the neighborhoods, that puts out the fire in their soul, in their mind. It is the power of God in you and through us. It is him. We still to this day, we depend on him to be saved. We depend on him to be changed and transformed. It is his mighty hand. Out of all the things he can do, out of all the things that God has out there to do, he still chooses to love me and you. He has not lost sight of not one of you. And there is no problem too big that his power can't overcome and overtake you. You know what that, to me that is? knowing that he is this and chooses to do this and leverage his power for our good and his glory? That's called a miracle. To me, that's a miracle that he would be this way. And that miracle should lead us to appreciation for this God that has gone under, vastly underappreciated in your life. How many, you know, we got to thank God for, for all that he has done without us even asking him, yet he does it. This miracle should lead us to appreciation, but this miracle also lead us to action. Lord, can I just be a fire hydrant that you can use to put out the fires in this world? Lord, use me. I just want to open myself up to you so you, God, can do all things for the good of others and for your glory. That is a miracle, who he is. That same, that mighty love to know that there is nothing that he can't do. There is no curse he can't reverse, chain he can't break. And there's no person. See, God can do the impossible, right? He says, I can do all things are possible. All things are possible for God, including loving impossible people. Like me and like you. And that ought to lead us to lean in on this God even more. You know, God all powerful. There is nothing impossible that he can't do or undo. That's an amazing thing that we need to lean on because, listen, you and I, we will get to that point. You're going to get frustrated. In fact, you're probably going to get frustrated following Jesus. You're probably going to wonder, okay, I don't get it. What am I doing wrong? This and that. And you're, po you're putting too much of your focus on you. But even when you get frustrated following Jesus, you need to know, listen, that God is not frustrated. All right? God can do all things. You're just getting to know you better.
When you get frustrated, you're getting to know that, man, I am not able to do this by myself. I am not able to figure it out all by myself. I need Christ. I need the Holy Spirit. And knowing that God is all powerful, guys, is probably one of the most, I mean, incredible perceptions. One of the things that gives us so much hope to know that the score is never too low, that we're never so behind that we can't come back, that the circumstances are not so dim and bleak that the Lord can't turn things around. I mean, we see it over and over again in the word. We've seen it over and over again in history, and I'm sure you've seen it in your life. And if not, God wants to prove and show himself to you, okay? Because a revolutionary is one that relies and revolves and, you know, focus on God's power and strength, knowing that in your weakness, God is perfected and his strength is perfected. So next week, we're going to come back and we're going to wrap this whole thing up with the idea that God is good.